Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, I think what we should do is just start with the theme song. I think that's the best. Isn't that how shows usually start? That's what they're supposed yes. to do. Okay. They generally start with the theme song if they have one. Yeah. Unless there's like a teaser. You know what I mean? It could be like one of us just being like, y'all ready for this? And then... <laughs> All right, Come give on, it to us today. All right. We're going to go with uh, the second theme song. So, the critic, he's legit the geek. His brain won't quit the girl. <laughs> She's the perfect fit. It's the critic, the geek, and the girl. But I slide, Aaron, really. I was impressed Thank with that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I, you know, I learned from the best. Uh, hey, it is time for the critic, the geek, and the girl. I be the critic, she be the girl, and he be the geek. And we be going to talk about a few things today. Uh, including um, a brief talk about uh, Harold Ramis, passed away this past week. We want to kind of touch on his career. Look, I uh, made it. Aaron, look, I finally got it done. Nice. That's yeah. pretty good. Look. Uh-huh. Here, I'm going to go ahead and select your screen so people can see that instead of me while I'm talking. All uh, right. He- Heroes Reborn, we'll talk a little bit about that. Unless that just selects it for me. Who knows? I don't know if that selects it for everybody. See, look, uh, that's, that's them talking about it and me not really knowing what's going on. <laughs> okay, go ahead. And then we'll talk a little bit about the Oscars uh, last night, and then we will check out my movie. Oscars person. What mm-hmm. is that? It's like a, it's like a woman with a skirt and long legs standing in concrete. We don't know. Keep going. And then we're gonna review the movie nonstop. The movie. And, and it's a movie. So we will start. Playing pieces in Candyland. Yeah. I should totally work for somebody important. <laughs> oh wait, I do. I do. <laughs> All right. Uh, question. Oh, and by the way, I should mention Q&A is on. If you want to drop your questions, you can certainly do that at the Q&A link at the event page. Uh, we love that. We'll get to those, especially at the end. We'll do a Q&A segment with some of our favorite questions uh, that you've dropped in throughout um, while we do this thing. So, yeah, what are some quick thoughts on Harold Ramis's career? Uh, Cap, I'm going to guess that you probably have the most to say about this, so I'm going to let you go first. Just because I know, uh, you know, huge into Ghostbusters and a lot of that stuff. So, not that... You know, I didn't enjoy Ghostbusters. I love it. But what did you? What What are your thoughts? Uh, thoughts? You know, this week. Well, um, I I gotta I gotta tell you, um, I am I'm more of a Ghostbusters fan now than I used to be, uh, cause my buddy Vince is one of the biggest Ghostbusters fans imaginable. Uh, you should see his Ghostbusters collection, by the way, it's enormous. And uh, he and I are really big into the uh, current Ghostbusters comic book series for IDW, and so um, I, I've I've been much much more of a Ghostbusters fan the last couple of years. And um, yeah, of course, I hear passing was really sad. Uh, we did a video about it on the channel and talked about was that um, it was kind of interesting 
that people were talking so much about Egon and not not as much about his directing career. And Harold Ramis was um, much uh, much bigger as a director than he was as an actor. And of course, I think it's fair that people are going to remember him as Egon because uh, yeah, that but, was but probably that, the acting role. That was my main thing uh, amongst all the news was, you know, I, I get the Ghostbusters thing because it was such a huge part of so many people's childhood, you know, our childhood and many people's others as well, and it's so fun and it's so great, um, and he acts in it. But Groundhog's Day, I mean, you know... That was that, my big thing. Yeah. I mean, why was... I mean, that, to me, that was the headline. I mean, that is one of the greatest movies ever made. I, th I really think... Um, my, my guess is that it puts a, it puts a name to the face... Uh, or puts a face to the name, rather, um, that, that you, you have this kind of unique thing um, with with directors where usually directors, people don't know their face. You know, you, you, have, you have a few here and there. I, pretty much everybody knows what Joss Whedon looks like. But, like, somebody like like uh, like, like uh, Harold Amos, that's the thing that immediately would make, oh, that guy. And uh, I think because he had a major acting role that people remember on top of the directing thing, that's the reason everybody went to Ghostbusters. I think it was just for headlines. I think it was just so that, so, so that uh, people would people would click on stuff. And that's fair. I understand that. I, I was just kind of surprised that people weren't, ta weren't talking as much about his directing career because I think that's ultimately where he leaves the biggest mark. Uh, Groundhog Day makes top ten best comedies all the time. As well it should. It's an incredible film, and, and I think, you know, uh, I think it can be enjoyed on, on so many different levels, which most of the great movies can be. You know, it just works as a straight-up comedy. It's hilarious, so very funny. Bill Murray is great in it, but it also works as this really kind of, you know, existential look at existence and oh, yeah. humanity and all that stuff, and it's really deep when you really get into it. So, so yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it was it was really it was really super sad that he passed away. Nobody saw it coming. He's a very private person, so um, people didn't realize. A lot of people didn't know about his health problems, and it kind of it kind of broadsided a lot of people. And um, it was really sad. Um, so yeah, I just kind of wanted to give a mention to it and say, you know, how how sad I am that we that we lost Harold Ramis, um, and that if there in that if there as it looks like there's going to be is going to be a Ghostbusters three it's really sad he's not going to be in it, um, but uh, but yeah that's about all I have to say on it and like I said I did an entire video on it over on the channel if anybody wants yeah to see that. do you think do you know of anything where uh, Ghostbusters three where part of the holdup was his health issues I mean was that part of what was going on or was it more of what we heard about you know kind of the script and those kind of things? I don't think anybody knows there's a lot of speculation uh, there, there, I, I've, I've read articles that are saying that like that like uh, the talk about Ghostbusters 3 um, over the last couple of years has been up and down with health problems but nobody knows if that's coincidence or not and nobody knows really just how deeply involved in it he was it seemed for a while there like whenever his health was better it looked like there was more Ghostbusters 3 stuff going on. And I, I listened to an interview um, the other day from a couple years ago uh, where he was he was talking about it and he was talking about, you know, the the, the point of bringing it back and um, and uh, why he even wanted to do it and that kind of thing. And so it's it's really kind of, um, it's really kind of mysterious as to how involved he was going to be. Uh, somebody, it looked like somebody else is writing it. So um, I don't think he was he was actually uh, involved in the script writing, on the script writing level, but perhaps some conceptual stuff. Um, but but that that's another, and I meant to say this a minute ago, that's another thing that was weird about that is that um, everybody's talking Egon, 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 but even with Ghostbusters, he co-wrote the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's that's very, very true, and I um, I especially loved, and we'll talk more about the Oscars later, but Bill Murray's shout-out to him, I thought, yeah, was, cool. was really cool, and 
Uh, I actually saw some flack that he got for kind of, you know, stepping on, you know, other people's moments or whatever. But I don't think any of those people cared. I thought that was heartfelt and beautiful. And I, you well, know, he was he was far more in line than Kate Blanchett, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> nice. Uh, hey, I would ask you, Cap. Do you know of like uh, one of Harold Ramis's works that we might not be familiar with? Something he directed or wrote that you know we might want to check out? Uh. I can't, I can't think of anything that you wouldn't already know. Um, I think Stripes is a pretty good movie. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. I've never seen Stripes. He did that. Uh, he directed Multiplicity. Not a great movie, but Michael Keaton is kind of funny in it. Um, I love that movie. What's yeah. the guy say? Oh, let's get your dolphin, Steve. I got a wallet. Sha- got a wallet. Then he I shaves his tongue. I love that guy. Uh, and then I think his last film was Year One, which was not critically acclaimed. I, I missed it, so I don't know what it was like. But he, oh, he that was the one with with Michael Sarah and uh, was it Jack Black? I can't remember. I don't know why I thought that was Vince and I both thought that was a Reitman thing, and then I looked it up, and it was Ramis. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Well, needless to say, uh, he bought, he's obviously had a huge impact on the world of cinema and on you know the movies that we loved growing up and. Um, more than even Ghostbusters for me, Groundhog's Day, and certainly Caddyshack is one we haven't mentioned, but, you know, there's just so, so much great stuff. And, you know, it, with those kinds of guys, I think, you know, part of the benefit now is that people go Google his name and see what he did and get a sense of their career. Because when somebody's alive, a lot of times you just take for granted whatever their career is. But this gives people pause to go back and go, oh, that guy did this thing, that guy did multiplicity. You know, that guy yeah. did year one, whatever it may be, and I think that's I think that's valuable, you know, just kind of look back and, and see what people did. Something else I, I discovered looking into this uh, after he passed away that I thought was really interesting is I didn't realize uh, the the uh, the age gap or lack thereof with some of with some of the, the actors who played uh, Ghostbusters. Did you know that Ernie Hudson is exactly the same age? As, I didn't know Ernie Hudson was 69. He's, he, he, he's that old. I didn't know that. I thought he was wow. younger than Ernie. I, I didn't know that, and um, I also didn't know that um, that uh, Dan Aykroyd is only sixty-one. He was yeah. he was like eight years younger. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. This, those little things that you learn when you kind of research into it. That's kind of cool. All right, well, we will move on from that into our uh, next topic, which is: Is it a good idea to bring heroes back with Heroes Reborn? Now, before we get too much into this, this is kind of one of those questions about, you know, we talked about this a little bit before, about a show coming back from the dead. And yeah. my first question is, what was your experience with the original Heroes? It came out in, what, like 2006? So, you know, almost a decade ago, if you can believe that, is when Heroes came out. Um, lots A lot has changed since then, but first let's start off with how did that show impact you? Did you like it? Was it something you watched? Danae, we'll start with you. You haven't talked much yet. Well, okay, so Heroes, I didn't get into Heroes right away, um, but I was flipping through the channel and one day, and I, I came upon an episode, um, and if you've seen if you've seen the uh, whole thing in its entirety, you, I don't know that you'll remember each and every episode, but the very, very first one that I saw was the one where, uh, I'm not going to remember any of their names, this is so terrible, uh, Bad Guy. Skyler? Skyler? Yeah, yeah very nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pulled that out of nowhere. Um, he had, like, captured the cheerleader, and he was, like, doing this thing across her forehead, right, but he mm-hmm. wasn't touching her. And I was watching it, and I was like, this is gross. Why am I so <laughs> interested in this? And then 
And then it's like, she's like, okay. And then I'm like, what is happening in this show? And then there was more, like, supernatural stuff happening. And then this is probably, I don't even remember what season this was, but it had, Heroes had been out for quite a while at the time. And then something hit me in my mind. I was like, oh, yeah, this is that one show. So then, out of curiosity, I went back and watched um, every episode. I think it was, like, on Netflix or something. Um, and I think I made it through a certain season, and I never watched the end of it. So I'm still on some, <laughs> like, ever-running cliffhanger. I, I ended um, I ended right about the time that they had come across, uh, you know, the, the room where there was all of this, like, tangled web of uh, timelines. Yeah. This thing, the spider web of information, and, like, future hero guys showed up dressed like a ninja. Uh, mm -hmm. That was, like, basically the last episode that I saw. So now, um, when we're talking about heroes, I was like, what is this? What is this thing? What are we talking about? So I went and looked, and I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably finish that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if I got bored or what, but um, I did enjoy it for quite a, quite a long time. I thought it was really unique. So I remember when it came out uh, thinking it was amazing. Like, loved it. Loved that it was high concept. Loved that it, you know, dipped into the, you know, kind of the idea of superheroes in the real world and our real life. And, I mean, granted, it's it's X-Men, right? I mean, Heroes is X-Men. There's, you know, there's um, very few differences other than the names of the characters and the, maybe have they different powers. But, um, but I remember thinking, oh, this is really, really fun. And, and then it got too complicated for its own good. Uh, in my opinion, and uh, I think around season three, um, I was watching it because I felt like I had to, because yeah, I had invested so much it. time into it, and I had to finish it, and I hate it. I hate it when I do that with a show, and I actually just have recently stopped doing that. Like, I've recently come to the point with as busy as I am where I'm willing to go, you know what, if you're not engaging me, I'm out. And that's been tough for me, because I love to finish the book. You know, I want to know where they want to take it and tell the full story. But, you know, um, I've had to, you know, had to kind of ground into, you know what, if you can keep engaging me, then I keep watching. But Do you think that this show is going to require people to have an understanding of the previous story? I don't know. I don't know. It, I, we can certainly talk about that, but Cap, I wanted to get your, your kind of impact to the original. You know, did you watch it? Oh yeah, um, I had I had the same reaction you did to it, Aaron, and I think a lot of people did. Uh, where season three had just got so incredibly convoluted. One of the one of the reasons things about Heroes uh, that that uh, took me out real fast was they couldn't keep anybody dead, and I I, I think part part of the reason for that was because it just got too popular, and more than that, the actors got too popular. Um, that made a bunch of names for people, uh, you know, especially Hayden uh, Panettiere, right? And 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 so like they um, they had this show that can that um, at the concept level was supposed to be each season we're gonna uh, introduce a new set of heroes and we're gonna tell their stories and then we're gonna move on to a new set each season. And it got too big, and then uh, NBC wouldn't let them do that. 
And so when they got to the second season, they had to keep everybody around. That, compounded with the writer's strike, was the kiss of death for that show. And when you uh, when you looked at that first season, uh, I, I, I was I had the same thing you did. I was flipping around one day, but it was earlier in the first season, and uh, and, and saw it, and I watched like I think episode five or six, and um, and was blown away by it because it was a new show that looked like it on for years. Like it was, it was so bold. It knew exactly what it wanted to be. Um, I, I, I was really, I was really impressed with how confident it was um, in, in itself. Uh, like, like on a, you said high concept there, and unabashedly so. Like it knew exactly what it wanted to be. And then you get to the second season, and that first episode feels like a pilot for a show that's kind of meandering and isn't sure what it wants to be, and is a little bit, um, is a little bit scared, a little timid. And uh, I think a lot of that had to do with we had an idea for a full season arc. I mean, that first season feels like a one and done. It's it's done. There's no reason to make any more of the show uh, when you get to the end of that. Um, I, I really felt like, and um, and also the way it ends um, is so interestingly ambiguous. Uh, with like, you know, there, there are a couple characters you don't know if they're alive or dead, and I kind of don't want to know. I kind of want it to just end there, you know. And right. um, so, so so the problem was it was designed that way. And wasn't really designed to keep going. And um, this this is uh, this is the popular opinion. A lot of people um, are with me on this. And then there's a lot of and then there's a lot of hero heroes fans on kind of the other side that are like that are like no, they introduced some people in two that I really like and stuff like that. I get that, but the problem was there were too many double beats. There, there's all this um, there's there's all this stuff uh, that they just keep repeating um, in, in the first season. It's like, do we have to have more? Um, clairvoyance. Do we have to have more looking into the future? Do we have to do that again? You know that kind of stuff. Um, but with regards to making a new one, I think of anything that I've ever seen and liked, and it ended, and I didn't like the the, the rest of. And and uh, Danae, I didn't finish either. I couldn't get into four. It didn't work. And uh, and was, for for and so I was uh, that when they were gonna like there was like an alternate. Or they went to the future, or it was an alternate. Storyline or something? Um, I know. I think that was. I think that was earlier than that. I think that was three. Uh, four was the whole thing with like the carnival and yeah. and, and, and all. I didn't get that far. Yeah, uh, they had the they they had the character who uh, had like superpowers with musical notes. Uh, I didn't that was, get that far. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, yeah, and so so I so I quit after that. Three was three was a weird season because the first half I thought was impossible to watch, and the second half was a little bit more interesting. Uh, but but anyway, so um. So, like, I think this is one of the best possible things to bring back. I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know what they're going to do with it. But um, go back to formula. Give us a new set of characters. Start you over. You think so? Um, like, is that what they're going to do? I don't. We don't know yet. We don't know anything about this. Why yet. don't they're, they're we know? Very hush hush about it. And um, I mean, like, like I'd say maybe bring in one or two people that we're familiar with, but don't make it about the mythology that was already set up. Like, right. start new. Just tell a new new story about some new characters. And I also think it's cool that they're just doing it as a miniseries. They're not trying to resurrect this as a as as, as another ongoing thing. It's thirteen episodes. That's all they're doing. Um, I hope it's good. Yeah, I think I think that is the key for me is that you episodes. you see the seasons as one and done. And if the first season works, you bring back season two with a whole new crew. And you know, I've said I've said about um, the X Men universe. The beauty of the X Men universe is you just keep making characters. You know, there's just you've got so many stories you can draw from, and I think heroes can be that same way. Having said that. It seems interesting that we would bring it back now when we're so inundated with 
superheroes in our culture that now the fact that it is like the X-Men or, you know, we already have versions of these superheroes in popular culture now. So, you know, in 2006, you know, the whole Marvel thing was, you know, just kind of starting to chug its way to fruition, you know, in the, um, would be in the near future, and now it's a part of our life. Studios didn't exist yet. Like, like Iron Man was going to be two years away. Like, right, exactly. Exactly. They were just starting to plan that stuff. I'm really curious, though, if they're going to do either before, wasn't it like an eclipse that kind of set the whole thing off? Is that right? Yeah, and again, that got really convoluted. At, at, right. at, at some point, there's you get to the point where I, I don't even understand how in the world the eclipse even fits. So in. I wonder if they're going to go before the eclipse and maybe kind right. of explain some of it, or go way after and kind of do some sort of futuristic, you they know. Don't, right. I predict there's no way they do a prequel, because they're going to want some cameos at the very least, and a lot of actors are eight, nine years older than they were when they started, so um, I don't think they'll go there. I hope they don't go prequel. Uh, I think yeah. that would be an awful, awful, awful idea. Yeah, they'd have to figure out. But the only reason, anyways, I'm, I'm getting too far into my own brain on it. But I'm thinking like a prequel, you know, if they were setting up for another run at like a 13-episode season type thing to kind of give context to something in the future. But I, I am curious to see what they do, and I'll likely watch it. Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm sure I'll watch the first couple episodes at least. But, um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm really curious is probably the the word I would use. Also, I'm curious to see who they're going to get to run it. You know, who they're going to get to to you know kind of be the artistic vision behind it because they haven't made any announcements about who's going to be doing that, have they? Oh no, it's still Tim Kring. I mean, it's the creator. Yeah, Tim Kring's bringing it back. Your your shirts? It's Kring. Oh yeah, it's Kring. Okay, all right. Because I was yeah yeah I'm sure it's it's well, all right. I'll double check, but that's what I read. And besides, what else is he doing these days? No, like, that's a good point. You he's know, laying I had, around. I had read, um, because uh, I think Brian Fuller had his fingertips in it for a while, too, um, which Brian Fuller is uh, the guy who did um, uh, Pushing Daisies. Oh, I loved that show. And some other shows. So I know he kind of got his creative fingerprints on it at some point, too. So I didn't know, you know, if they were going to be involved together or, you know, how that was going to work. But anyways, Um, if it's Tim Kring, I think that's great, because he was the artistic force behind it originally. So I think that's... That's a good deal. Any other thoughts on Heroes Reborn before we hit to the Oscars? No. All right. Well, let's talk about them. The Oscars, the Academy Awards. Um, First question, did you stay up for the whole thing? (laughs) I did. Cap? No, um, I was doing other things yesterday, and I actually got up this morning and watched... Half of it. I'm not. I'm not through with it. So I've got. Oh. I've got my. I've got my list here. The winners. Um. I. I. I got. I got through half of it. But. Um. Yeah. I was up all night working on something, and so. Um. I didn't get. Uh. I didn't get through it all the way. Sorry, I didn't finish my homework. Yeah. No. 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 You're no. Forgetting. In fact. In fact, really, you know, there's two parts to this conversation, right? There's the part of the show and the entertainment of the show itself, and then there's the part of the awards and who won them and do we think that's right and that kind of stuff. So. You know, if you watch some of the show, you'll be able to to uh, definitely participate in both parts of those. But let's start with the show itself, and let's start with Ellen. You know, right at the bat, everybody wants to talk about the host. How'd she do? Um, I thought the production overall was extremely impressive. I have never watched an Oscars before, ever, and I even watched the pre-show where the people are coming on the red carpet. Glutton for punishment. And then I watched the entire thing, and um, so just thinking about what it would take to pull that off 
is really impressive anyway. But it seemed seamless and like there really weren't any issues and it was clever and fun and Ellen was amazing. I loved her. Love her. I love her. Have I told you that I love her? I do. What about you, Cap? Um, you know, it's funny because uh, I, I'm I, I've been reading a little bit, uh, but before the show, I was just looking up some things, and uh, there there are a lot of people complaining about her and saying that she was really kind of dull and that she, um, like like a lot of her jokes fell flat and stuff. And like I said, I only saw half of it. That's not the experience I had with it. Who are these people? A lot of people are complaining about, and I miss. I, I, didn't, I haven't gotten to this part, but a lot of people are complaining about the uh, ordering pizza for the whole audience thing, and said that didn't work. That was hilarious. I mean, come on. A lot of the stuff she was doing that I saw, I thought was really quite funny. Um, especially like like she would like like when she would uh get behind somebody that they didn't know that she was there, and then she'd cut to commercial. I thought that was really funny. Um, I thought like uh like uh the 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 um. Like like taking pictures from the stage was funny, and then like the whole thing about um and also roasting the audience or I like 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 roasting the actors for fifteen minutes at the beginning of the show. I thought it was really really funny. Like it totally worked for me. But anyway, yeah, no, I think she was I think she was absolutely great, especially considering kind of the hosts that that we've seen in the past and the things that they've done. I think Ellen, there is a bit of Ellen that can be an acquired taste, and what I mean by that is she's not worried about about a punchline that's hilarious, that's not like her main concern. Her main concern is an energy that's relaxed and fun and and so a lot of those those jokes that didn't work were just moments that she was just having a moment with the audience, you know? And so yeah. there's I, I do remember thinking she was walking up the audience at one point and just kind of, you know, kind of chatting with people and being like, Hey, how you you know, you having a good night, you know, have that kind of, and I thought, you know, ah, this is kinda I can understand how some people would think this is you know, maybe boring or, or pointless, but that's Ellen, and that's you know, she she does such an incredible job at just you know. She she likes being that she room. kind of likes to build tension a little bit and then pop it with humor. And the part I think you're talking about, Erin, is right before she ordered pizza. She's like kind of walking and she's sort of like casually like giving a shout out to the people. She's like, oh hey 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 hey, is anybody hungry? Because I'm I'm ordering pizza, you know. And then she actually orders pizza, brings the pizza guy out on stage later on in the show, not, and then it goes out and hands out pizza. And I loved that she humanized these actors and actresses, these people who are on these pedestals. You know, she really invited them into just like a normal everyday kind of like, is anybody hungry? And here they are in these $1,000 gowns, you know, in these dripping jewels. And they're like, yeah, I'll have a slice of pizza. And I'm like, yeah, you will. And you'll love it. You know, Meryl Streep is in white. And she's like, I probably should get, like, a napkin. You know, it's just really fun. I loved seeing them in that. So I loved that. But maybe what was missing from Ellen, if there was something missing from Ellen, is that she was talking to the audience in front of her, not the audience that was watching. And maybe that's different, you know. Uh, we were enjoying a show rather than being kind of, like, engaged, except for a brilliant move on Twitter. That was awesome. Yeah, the uh, the selfie. I don't know how many times it's been retweeted at this point. Last I knew, it was nine hundred thousand uh, retweets, and it, uh, way more than that. I'll yeah. go check. I'll go check and see where we're at right this very second. Wow. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so so yeah. So I, I think she had some clever um, clever things that she did, and again, it was all just very natural, and that's what I enjoyed about it. I have to say, overall, and we'll talk a little bit more overall now. 
It is the best Oscar broadcast I've ever seen. I can't remember, uh, other than maybe one of the Billy Crystals in the 90s, you know, when he was kind of at his heyday and really rocking it, I can't remember being this completely engaged in the show from start to finish. Um, and what's really interesting about that is the awards were mostly foregone conclusions. There were very yeah. few that were kind of, you know, Ooh, who's going to win? Um, well, and there were no real shockers, but there were only a couple that were even like, you know, um, supporting actress was the only big one that it was like maybe Jennifer Lawrence will win, but it'll probably be Lupita, you know. So for for a ceremony, especially that had so many kind of already written in stone winners, it was interesting to me that I was so engaged the whole time. Well, I thought it was cool that it, it didn't feel awkward like it has sometimes in the past, and that's because I just felt like, A, everybody wanted to be there, and B, there was a lot of reverence because everybody knew just how good of a movie you were at, you know? I mean, like, it felt, and, and it's really interesting, the juxtaposition, because, you, you know, you have the pizza thing, you have all that stuff, but it felt really formal. And there have been years where I felt like it was too relaxed and, like, it was kind of a joke. And this year it wasn't that. I thought it was really classy. And, um, like, I, and I didn't feel it was, it was, it was like, super sappy or anything either. Um, I did think it was too padded, but it's always too padded. Like, it, like you know, it doesn't need to be as long as it is. Um, I, I kind of thought it was a little bit pointless to, like, um, have that, that section of, um, let's look at, at uh, like, cartoon heroes. Um, and that, and that kind of thing. Like, I, I guess I sort of understand why they why, why they do stuff like that, where where they're just they're just trying to celebrate the art form. But um, it's the show's too long. Cut that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's not and it's not why we're there. But they do it every year because they'll, they'll pick a theme and then they'll put montages together based on that theme. And they do it every single year. And this year it was it was heroes, interestingly enough. So you know. Um, so they try to do cartoon heroes and other kinds of heroes and those kind of things. So um, they do it every year. Tanae, you're typing. It's I'm so sorry. loud. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I thought that I was on this mic, like not that mic. Right I'm like... so sorry. That's so rude. I'm so sorry. Well, okay, I got distracted because I went on to Twitter and then I saw Ellen. She's having a contest to win a Samsung Galaxy Note 3. And I already have a Note 2, but I really want to have a Note 3. So I was like, ooh, I want to win. So I clicked on the thing and now I'm on the ellentv.com webpage and I'm trying to win a Galaxy Note 3. And the question is, Tell us why you deserve a new phone, and I'm like, I don't know that I deserve one, but I sure want one. <laughs> and and thus, Danae explains the internet. That is <laughs> that is the internet explained in a nutshell, I'm right so there. I'm so sorry. I thought that my mic, I was mic'd through this external thing, but apparently I'm not. Apparently no. Apparently I'm not so sorry, guys. That that was not that was not cool. So did you find um, out how many retweets? I kind of got distracted. Um, <laughs> and thus, yeah. Danae explains the internet. <laughs> I. <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't just explain it, but she like she like experiences it. For we we firsthand got to see both the the pros and cons of the internet. Um, Aaron, uh, getting back to topic for a moment. Um, so, something that I thought of, and I don't know if anybody else had this uh, while I was watching, is th there were there were some places where just before they would um, they would they would uh, call a winner, they would uh, show you. Um, like like uh, like clips from a movie, like they always do. But like instead, like like when I was growing up watching the Oscars, it seemed like usually they give you like one clip. But now it's like little mini trailers. 
And I felt like like there'd be like 35, 40 seconds, and I found myself watching those going, I wish that's what trailers were. Like, I wish they would release those and nothing else, and that's what the trailers were. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I, again, we could have this conversation probably every show, but... Oh, I know, I know. We, and I'm sorry for bringing that up again, no, 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 but... No. But you're right, but you're right. There's so many ways you could do trailers that are better than what we have now. I just think it's a marketing thing for these companies that think if they're going to spend all these marketing dollars... They're going to make sure they put butts in the seat, and the only way they, they feel like they can guarantee that is to, to do it the way that they're doing it. I just feel um, like they're, they're forgetting the age they live in. Viral marketing, they don't need that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, it, um, but anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, for, for, my, for my part, at least as much as I watched, um, I was surprised by how much I was enjoying it and have not enjoyed one um, is that that much in a long time? Like, I like I think the last one I watched was when um, Hugh Jackman hosted a couple years ago and did that big musical number at the beginning and stuff. And the whole show was just really tense and awkward, and yeah. I felt uncomfortable watching it. And but I didn't see, have that. What, but that's what Ellen does. She takes that tension and she dissipates it. You know, she's willing to live in those you know moments and not get awkward about them. You know, so but she I also just, feel like everybody wanted to be there. Like, like, the, like she wasn't the only person bringing on the class. You know, like I thought oh, everything no. was. Yeah, and and maybe let's talk a little bit. Let's transition into speeches because so many of the speeches were oh, well, very wait, I have classy. To give you an update. I have to give you an update. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Because I finally found it. Two million eight hundred sixty-five thousand five hundred seventy-seven retweets of the picture. Wow. She did a selfie with. Meryl Streep, and then had all these other stars pile in, and if you haven't seen the picture, it's hilarious. It happened live. Um, and pretty much just actors and actresses are sort of jumping out of their seats and dogpiling together for the selfie. It was amazing. Um, it's awesome. So, anyways, if you haven't seen the picture, it's so full of joy and fun and in the moment, and it's been retweeted now almost three million times. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. and especially considering the record before that was like 800,000 Right. For Obama's retweet of four more years, or his tweet of four more years, or whatever. Yeah, Obama. Record beat. Huh? <laughs> Try to beat that one, buddy. So let's talk about favorite speeches, because I, I really enjoyed several of these speeches. In fact, there's three to, that come to mind that I thought were just elegant and wonderful and fun, um, but I, I want to hear yours first. So if you take either of my first two, I'll, I'll go with my third. But what's your favorite? What was your favorite speech? Cap, we'll start with you. Yeah, Cap, we'll uh, start with you. Like I said, I didn't watch enough of the show, so I don't know that I had one. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not going to even weigh in on this because I haven't okay. finished it. Today, I really enjoyed Jared Leto because he was the very first one, and I thought that he um, yeah. started off the show with class, and um, he talked about his mom, and you could just feel a lot of heartfelt emotion. And Jared Leto, for me, is kind of one of those actors who maybe doesn't appear a lot in the higher arena, you know, of actors and actresses. Like, he doesn't pop up in my, in my mind a lot. So it was exciting to see him win. Also, he is so beautiful. Um, his hair is really impressive. So he, he must be a one guy. A what? Girls, you'll know what I'm talking about. A when. When. A one guy? When. W-E-N. When guy? When? I heard one, but that doesn't make any more when. sense than the other thing. So when. It's, it's when. a hair product. It's when. Okay. All right. Hair yeah. product. Yes. Yeah. yeah Carry I, on, I boys. Like Carry mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. uh, and and then so I, um, then my other probably, well, there's best ones and then there's most awkward. So that I'll go with well, Jared Leto. There's two other ones. So go ahead. Go ahead. 
I thought Matthew McConaughey's speech yes. at the end was absolutely incredible. Um, he he had obviously prepared, you know, kind of the format that he wanted to do, yep. um, but he still did it extemporaneously. You know, he didn't use notes and, and he just talked from the heart. Um, you know, but I, I thought it was beautiful. It was conceptual, and and you know, I I just I really was not expecting that. I thought that was that was really classy and really cool. Yeah, it was nice to have a couple of really good heartfelt ones. Um, besides, now I can't imagine how nerve wracking it must be to stand up in front of all these peers. Um, it it blew my mind to see some of their hands shaking. Like one guy, his hand was shaking so bad. I think it was the director of Gravity. Mm-hmm. Alfonso Cuarón. His hand was shaking. His paper was just like, wow. it was like shaking. Like you could just see it. Or was it? Maybe it was somebody. Oh. That is so understandable because that guy could not possibly have expected he'd win an Oscar for that movie uh, before they yeah. made it. I mean, right. yeah, after all the hype, maybe he thought he had a shot, but I mean, like, this guy's doing TV stuff. Like, he was not a huge a huge director. I don't think it was him. I think it was another person. But either way, he he did really he did pretty good. Well, he, I guess we'll talk about wins in a minute. But I'm just like I'm so stoked that that happened. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was really cool. Um, yeah, he was he uh, his was a good speech, but the other one I really really enjoyed. I thought it was the funnest speech of the night was the couple that uh, wrote "Let It Go" and yeah. wrote the music for "Frozen." Uh, when they won for best song, they they totally prepared their speech, wrote it down, and and it was like this tag team back and forth thing that they did together with rhyming so cool. and fun things and puns and it was just it was really good and, and, and well befitting songwriters. You know, it was almost like the song itself. Do you think they they figured they were a shoe in? Because I I knew that was gonna win. Yeah, I think I think they knew they were gonna win. And I think I one thing about that um, that I love is that I wish more actors would do that. And I don't necessarily mean read your speech, but I, I hate this idea that you have to be unprepared or it's arrogant. I, I, you know, I think all the nominees should be prepared. You know, I mean, that's, I, I just, I think so many times they get up there and they want to be like, oh, I had no clue this was going to happen. I don't know what to say. And it's like, it, that didn't, it didn't feel that way this time. And I really liked that. I want to see the, the Oscars when they use their cell phones for their notes instead of actually. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You know, just, I would like to thank the Academy for, <laughs> I think it'd be amazing. I don't think it's arrogant at all to have a speech prepared. I don't either. Because your name's up there, you've got a shot. And so, yeah. you, you like, I think it's totally it's totally fair. That would be like saying, like, like, like it's only, um, you know, you know you, you're only a good person if you assume you're going to lose. That's ridiculous. Your, your but name's up there. But that's the feel. That's the feel it's had before. It's, you know, it's yeah. just like, I, I, and so I really did, I did appreciate that, and I like that. There's a word for that. It's false modesty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah false modesty. I don't, I don't believe in that. I, th I think I think people ought to own ought to own it. You don't have to be obnoxious and prideful, but um, and, you know, and you can be really respectful and thank everybody else that helped you get there. But like, you know, um, that's that's your that's your moment. And if you have if you if you have a one in five chance, you ought to you ought to be able. To, I I think I think you have the right to be like, I might win this. I should write a speech. Yeah. So. I'm glad I didn't have that feel this year because that's stupid in my in my personal opinion, <laughs> in my humble in my ever so humble opinion. I that have a awesome. list here, Aaron. I know we're about to move on to something, but I want to make sure that we hit best dressed as well. Okay, go ahead, well, Danae. Tell us who Because I don't know that you guys are gonna. No. All right. What? Uh, oh, I just forgot her name. Um, Goldie Hawn's daughter. 
Goldie Hawn's daughter. Is that right? Uh, Possibly. She was one of the presenters. Ah, oh, what did I forget? I can't type because it sounds like thunderous, <laughs> like trampolining elephants. Um. Uh. Yeah. I can't think of her name. I'm so sorry. What was she wearing? Goldie Hawn. You know who Goldie Hawn is, right? She was wearing Goldie Hawn. Stop it. Her <laughs> daughter. What's her daughter? Get it name? off me! Get it off me! You really don't know. Okay, so she was wearing this amazing silver gown. Oh my goodness! Look her up. Look up first. Google Goldie Hawn's daughter's name. Then. <laughs> Are you talking about the seizure-inducing ga- uh, gown that Anne Hathaway had on when she presented oh my the God. first award? Erin, okay. can I talk about that for a minute? I was sure. looking. I did. I I would not have ever brought this up. What are you talking she about? She comes up to present, and I was so distracted by the sequins on her dress that I was trying to figure out if the light was hitting it or if it was electronic Me and too. they were lighting up Me separately. Too. Because the thing was, she's standing there, and it must have been lights moving. That's all I figure out, because she's standing there still as a post, not moving an inch, and they're lighting up everywhere. And I'm like, if it's sequins... That would only happen if you moved. So all I could figure is lights in up in the rafters moving. Um, yeah, it finally, they stopped, and I went, okay. They're not. She doesn't actually have a battery pack in her back in her back pocket. I didn't that know was crazy. That. It's yeah, uh, Kate Hudson. Yes, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson is Goldie Hawn's daughter. She looked amazing. She had my most favorite. I mean, there was a lot of really beautiful dresses and stuff, but her dress was incredible. Was it the, was it the one that had layers of fringe? There was one. There was a silver dress that looked like it are swayed. You, are you asking me to describe it down to you? Yes. Well, you're the one that brought up the topic. I'm Don't just get mad saying, at me for con- contributing. I was just thinking silver dress would be fine for you boys. But okay, well, so no, it had this I, the only I really like, beautiful open V-neck that sort of was it plunged down, and it sort of looked like a little uh, like a little over, and then it flowed back out, and then she had another type of uh, fabric at the bottom. It was incredible. Incredible. It was it was the most beautiful dress I think maybe I've ever seen. That's just my opinion. My opinion. Mine. Got it. Got it. Um, I, thought yeah, I thought they all were beautiful. What's that? I just want to throw out that I thought Jennifer Lawrence looked really good. Yeah, that oh, red dress was oh, really nice. And also Lapita, um, which you might not know because you didn't watch the pre-show like I did, but Lapita helped to create her own dress. She had a designer that she worked with, and she really wanted to have this particular color of blue because it reminded her of, of home. And I guess um, her hometown, when they were watching and listening to uh, her you know, speeches and to kind of see her, they all went crazy and now like everybody's talking about how blue is the new black over there. Like They're all kind of just following her colors. Um, well, it was on NPR today. I was listening to NPR and they were talking about it. So, pretty well, cool. that, the Lupita speech is another one. It was oh, so heartfelt and genuine and real. And I think I tweeted during her speech, uh, careful, Hollywood, people are going to start to think that you know you all are real people. Um, because it was so genuine. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was just so heartfelt. I, yeah, it was amazing. It was, am- it was incredible to me how many of those moments were you know heartfelt and genuine last night. Yeah. So. Uh, well, let's talk about the awards. Let's make sure we at least get to the awards a little bit. Um, the theme of the night was pretty much gravity wins everything except the big thing. Um, right? And, and uh, that's, that's, how, that's how it went. And, and we kind of knew it was going there. They were going to win all the technical awards. 
we were even pretty sure Alfonso Cuaron was going to win director. But I really wanted to see Sandra win. Is that wrong? Like I, I like Kate, but no, oh. it's not wrong. And and I guess I'll start there. Um, I'll start with the negative, I guess. To me, the fact that Kate Blanchett was such a, a huge runaway favorite for that category baffles me. I've seen all those performances. She was the worst of the five. It wasn't a bad performance, but the other four were all better than her. And I think Judy Dench should have won for Philomena. I think Sandra should could have won for Gravity. Um, I just it, it it baffles me that she was such a favorite. I did not see. Do you think, do you think Blanchett won because she's Blanchett? I mean, because she's won so many before. Is that the thing? Like, it, it, it could be. oh man, if we're in the category, she's going to win it. It doesn't matter. But that, I didn't see that move. I don't know, but yeah. Well, and and again, I I do want to be very clear. It's a great performance. I you know I said so in my review. It's it's an incredible performance. It's just I don't think it stands with those others, which I think are are even an extra level of incredible. So. A uh, quick comment, me. real real fast comment. Her acceptance speech was so awkward. If you haven't seen it yet, watch it and then cringe with all of us. Okay, go on. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't sure what she was doing, and there were parts of it that I think she was she was making fun of listen, people, and the listen. audience thought she was being. This nice. is I, it, this is Galadriel, right? Like, this is who she is in my mind. She's this like most perfect elf being, and she disappointed me. I guess you just can't stack up to Galadriel. <laughs> I guess not. I still I still see her as Queen Elizabeth, and therefore she's terrifying. <laughs> Well, her acceptance speech was a bit terrifying, so maybe it'll be more comfortable for you to watch. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong; she's a great actress, but uh, I didn't see that, so I, I don't—I don't know if she deserved it. So let's talk about favorite winners. The, the awards that you got the most excited—they won. Cap, you already mentioned Corona. You want to talk about that a little bit more? Um, well, I need to finish the show because I want to see what his speech was like. But I, uh, but yeah, um, that was the big thing I wanted to see. Uh, to to see when I was really hoping he would get best director. I, I got to the point where I didn't care if Gravity won best picture because I knew it wasn't going to beat out Twelve Years a Slave. That's fine. Um, I get that. But um, that was the standout directorial premiere this year, right? Like every everybody was talking about how incredibly put together that thing was. So um, it needed to win best director. It needed to win to win editing. You know, a lot of those a lot of those technical awards. Um, did it win best screenplay, best original screenplay? I'm I'm forgetting. Oh no, that was my favorite winner. No, best that was her. Screen. That was her. Yeah, you know that what? was Spike Jones. And it wasn't even nominated, so that's so that's cool. See, I I predicted early on in the year before um, before a lot of movies had come out that it was probably going to get nominated for best original screenplay, only because we don't have a lot of original screenplays. This year we had quite a few, and it was it, it was ultimately kind of surprising how many uh, screenplays weren't um, weren't based on uh, books and things that they were just original screenplays. So that was that was really that was really good. Um, no, if it if it if it couldn't get nominated, her is the, is is the next thing I would have wanted to win. So that's good. Um, I wish her had won more stuff, but I don't think it got nominated for much else. I got nominated for Best Picture, and that was pretty much it. Um, but you know it wasn't going to win. No, no. Uh, it may have been... Was it nominated for costume? I don't think it was. It still yeah, blows it my... Yeah, it was nominated for... Or, or set design, maybe? Maybe set design. It blows my mind that American Hustle was not nominated for hair and makeup and costuming and all that kind of stuff. It was nominated I, for it costume. Was, it was nominated for costume. Just um, not hair and makeup? But, uh, I'm looking. I don't think so. No, anyways. Karen Maple had only had three nominations. Yeah. Uh, and I wondered about that. I wasn't sure why that was, but not that Gatsby's not a great winner for those categories, because I mean, the, I mean, the design on Gatsby is is really incredible. But um, but it just that just surprised me. 
as far as other awards go, of course, I was glad to see Frozen, you know, win Best Animated. Still think it should have been nominated for Best Picture. It's that good. Um, and Best Song, glad to see that happen. Uh, Matthew McConaughey obviously deserved that award. He was absolutely put himself on the line for that movie. In fact, I think I started my review off of that movie saying, introducing him to a guy named Oscar. Because it was obvious just from watching that, you know, nobody stood a chance against him this year because it was just an incredible performance. So, and Jared Leto, the same, you know, the same kind of deal from that, from Dallas Buyers Club. So, um, Danae, what did you think? Any of the awards that stood out to you as your favorites? Pass. Okay, fair enough. Any other thoughts on the, the show in general? Or yes, I have more thoughts. That's why I passed, so I had okay. more. Okay, okay. Okay, all right, now, I'm, okay, here we go. This is, I have my best speech, best dress. Worst thing that happened all night long. John Travolta botching Idina Mendes' name. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Just, just you wait, Captain. Just you wait. Wait, you did what now? Okay, Idina Menzel, uh, who sings Let It Go from Frozen, um, he introduced her as Adele Dazim. Oh, oh. Yeah, it like, was so awkward. completely messed it up. Like, I mean, it, like, I don't even know how you could look at her name and pronounce it that way. I mean, I, I just forgot one of the letters of her last name, and I feel terrible. I hope that he <laughs> sent got, her, like, a fruit basket or something, because that was got bad. one job! I you know! one job! Like, That's what they were doing! You don't need a speech coach. You just find somebody that knows. Here's the thing. You're John Travolta, and you're presenting. You could probably get away with, I don't know, before the show, walking up to that person and saying, how do you pronounce your name? Exactly! <laughs> oh, goodness. I was so... I was like, what did he just say? Wait, I thought that maybe I was going to watch... Wait, <gasps> what did he just say? And then I watched Twitter explode. That was awesome. <laughs> Most awkward presenter was... And this is all from my notes, like from, from last night. I said, drunk lady that's presenting with McConaughey. Uh, she, yeah, Kim Novak. <laughs> she may not have been drunk. She may be highly medicated due to having cancer and being in her 80s. So I don't want to, you know, slam the poor woman, but she was certainly struggling. Um, let's see. Can I say real quick about awkward stuff that I thought, uh -huh. and I hated this, because I got so excited when he walked out because he's one of my favorites, but Carrie, a little awkward. Carrie? Who? Who? Jim Carrey was a little awkward. Right? That's what I thought. Yeah, I, I give him so much grace because I love him to death. Um, me too. Me, me too. I don't, I don't mean to, yeah, I don't mean to call him out, but I was surprised. It was a little... Is it just that, like, at his age he can't get the rubber face to work, or what was it? There's something about it that just... You know, uh, he, I think he decided in this case to go old school Jim Carrey. Instead, in the last few times he's presented something, um, you know. Tell your boys to shushy pushy. I know they're being so loud, aren't they? Boys, settle down. Quiet. Yeah, yeah, rar. My boys are home from school thanks to um, the More winter weather. storm. So yeah, I I think it was just you know Jim Carrey being old school Jim Carrey. Yeah. So. Um, and then I also wanted to mention that I was most excited to see, because one of the things I didn't really have a full understanding of with the Oscars is whenever the camera pans out anywhere, you're seeing somebody famous. I was so excited to see Sally Field. I love Sally. She's one of like my all-time most favorite actresses ever. So when she came out to present, I was like, oh, Sally! Like, and then she started talking, and her voice is just perfect, and I love her. Um, and then I also really like what I know what the I know what Danae is going to be rambling on about when we review Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> is she an Amazing Spider-Man 2? Oh 
Yeah, yeah, she's Aunt May. She's Aunt oh, May. Oh, yeah, she's Aunt May. That's right. Oh, she's so cute. Um, And then I was also excited to see the pits. I love, look, I like looking in on the world of Angelia and um, Brad. Yeah. So that was fun. Well, Brad's a hometown boy. Yeah, he is. He's he, from a he hometown. He grew up right here, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Was that was that it, or did you have anything else today? I'm sorry. I have one more thing to say. Yep, do it. I really wish that everybody could win. It was hard to watch some of those people not get an award. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. We did have a comment. Uh, someone mentioned, let's see, Kimku2290 says, what was the biggest upset? Mine was Gravity winning for best score instead of Philomena. And I wanted to mention on that. I loved Philomena so much. And I do wish, again, I think that's part of my desire is that everybody would win something. Uh, because Philomena was just so good. So. Yeah, yeah, I was hoping Philomena Boys. would win something too. Boys. I know, for real. Guys, I'm serious. Go. Yeah. Gotta get your dad voice on. Yeah, get Cap, your dad voice. Do you have a dad voice? Um, yes. yes. Oh, yeah. try it out. Try it out. Your turn. Say, boys, boys. Um, well, it might, my, my dad voice is just like a little bit oct uh, an octave lower, and I, and I like, I like to, I like to tell, tell my son if he's acting up too much that he's going to get the wrath of Ooh. dad. Mm. The wrath of dad. That's yeah. good. Like that. like um, wait, but then, do, do you actually have to follow through on that? Is that something that you have to do something <laughs> oh, about? Yes. Course. That's called oh. parenting. Oh, oh, right, right. Follow through. Right, got it. Okay. Is, yes. No, no, no. There is wrath. You say the word wrath, there's going to be wrath. Yeah. <laughs> Your crayons, um, they're going in the trash, little one. <laughs> All right. Are, are we ready to get to nonstop yet, or, Cap, did you have something else? Oh no! I just the the, the, the question was biggest upset, and uh, we I think I think we all kind of agreed that that it was kind of um that, that, that it was it was kind of a uh, best actress, but. Yeah, I yeah. really wish Sandra would it's, it's a weird definition of upset because, again, everybody knew she was going to win, but I just, I didn't, you know. I didn't yeah, know. I didn't know. So, I also right, wanted Amy to win. See, Amy was good. Yeah, again, I think she was better than Kate, So, but that, that's just me. Um, all right, here we go. Non-stop. Liam Neeson is back, and he's doing the Liam Neeson thing like only Liam Neeson can do, and every Liam Neeson movie ever made. <laughs> so this time he's on a plane. And uh, let's just get some general thoughts. Danae, we'll start with you. General thoughts on nonstop. Yeah, general thoughts on nonstop. Whoa, this is a movie that happens on a plane. <laughs> Cap, how about you? <laughs> I agree with Danae. All right. Um, I was uh, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed this film. It's not a great film. I've been, I've sort of been here before, uh, but uh, I guess the, I guess the, the the biggest praise I can give it is uh, um, I, I I I enjoyed myself. It was thrilling, but also um, levity in the midst of terror. There was a surprising amount of uh, amount of levity. People were funny in this movie, and it fit and it worked. And yeah, I'm surprised by that. I can pretty much give the, the exact same general thoughts. Um, Seen it before. It happened on a plane. <laughs> it happened on a plane. Seen it before and really found it enjoyable. Um, you know, it's I, I've compared it to eating junk food. You know, like eating a, a Dorito shell taco. It's like, could that really work? Does do I, am I really enjoying this? Yeah, I'm kind of enjoying this. You know, and Liam Neeson movies can kind of get that way. They don't always work. Taken Two is awful. It doesn't work at all for me. But this one did. The formula in this one worked for me, for the most part. A lot of people thought this was going to be like taken on a plane. A lot of people were calling it that. I, I'm I'm glad that it 
wasn't um, a revenge thriller. I kind of thought they were going to go there. I also thought that it was a little bit... It, that, that they had to kind of go out of their way, though, by the end, not to give anything away, to make a really big deal out of how it was not the same thing. Um, if, if, you, if, you, if you guys know what I'm talking about, because... Mm -hmm as a daughter and there's a minute where you th where, where, where you think there's going to be kind of a threatening thing and then you find out it's different at the end but like I thought they, they kind of had to be like okay don't worry it's not the same thing <laughs> yeah that's a fair point Danae other thoughts about the movie okay so it's probably well established at this point that I'm not a movie fan <laughs> so why we have you on the show Danae I don't either I am <laughs> Here's what here's what this movie did. This movie took me on a journey of anger and horror and appalled. I was appalled at some points. I had a lot of eye rolling, and then two days later, I was like, I think I might have liked that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I, and that's and, why we have you on the show because you watch movies like normal people watch movies. Do I? Yes. So okay, so I must say there are certain things yeah, I did I like about this movie. Um, a couple of things I thought that were really good about this movie is, one, it was not super gory. Like, it really didn't have a lot... I mean, the movie was very suspenseful, um, and it was very much a mystery-type movie, like a whodunit. And I really love whodunits because my brain's taken. I'm like, ooh, it's this guy. Ooh, it's this guy. Listen, I was trained on murder, she wrote. I know what's going on when I'm watching these things, except for that, wait a second, it could be that person, and I think it's you. No, I think it's you. Nope, nope, you're looking weird. It's you. So I found myself kind of spinning my wheels a lot. And at one point I was like, okay, uh, we as the audience are supposed to be for this uh, Liam Neeson's character who everything's going wrong in his world. Um, and at this point in the movie, basically the, the kind of the general plot of the film is that um, there is somebody on the plane who is going to kill somebody uh, every 20 minutes uh, unless he gets a buttload of cash. And um, so Liam is kind of being set up to appear as though, you know, he's actually the guy that's doing all these things. And as the audience, we're supposed to kind of be rooting for the main guy. Um, and so there did come a point in the movie where I had been stretched too long. I was like, okay, too many things are going wrong. I need something to go right. Or I need to find out that Liam Neeson really is the bad guy. Something's got to happen. Something's got to give. So when it kind of starts to really push on towards like this big resolution uh, and things start to come together at the end, um, I was really looking for every loophole that I had been exposed to or every possibility or rabbit hole or rabbit trail. I wanted them all to be nice and tied up because I had been stretched really far. And... That didn't really happen for me on a couple of things, including the big reveal of who the bad guy is and why. I was like, really, that, I really. Was not, I was not, yeah, I wasn't that satisfied with it. And, it's and, kind of, and, did it feel like? Did it feel like the writers just, you know, they got tired and they're like, hey, I've got a great idea for a bad guy. Let's just go with this. And then they're all like, you know no. what? We've been sitting here for a long time, and I got to go to the bathroom. So yes, that's the one. Like that's what it felt like. To me. No, I think it's the I I, th I think it's the unfortunate side effect of misdirection, um, where where uh, if it's gotta be somebody that you already. <laughs> what is going on at your house, Janae? <laughs> um, my 
St. Bernard and my uh, Bull Terrier are wrestling <laughs> in the living room right over there. Sorry about that. <laughs> if it's got to be somebody that we've already been introduced to, um, it makes it really hard to make that really satisfying by the end, especially if you set it up to be a super genius. And I got, I got right. to the end of it, and I felt like I wasn't going to be satisfied by anything other than super genius. And yep. it, it, it can't that didn't that. happen. The, the, the problem is for me the things the things that the terrorist does could not happen. Some of them. Uh, the big thing being that I uh, that I uh, they are the, the, whoever the terrorist is is manipulating. Um, like deaths, they're not just shooting somebody. They're like setting up stuff. They're they're like setting up a domino effect so that a person will be killed on a twenty minute mark. Right now, I did not. Let me backtrack for a second. I did appreciate the fact that that all feeling really typical. It was nice that that wasn't the whole package. That ultimately that was just a misdirection so that Liam Neeson would know what was really going on. It's not really about Where? somebody's going to die in twenty minutes. It's, it's something. It's something else. And um and I and I and I appreciate that. Um that that's all just kind of a distractionary tactic. But um they. They, uh, the the terrorist has it set up so that somebody's going to die on a 20 minute mark, and uh, it's it it, do, it doesn't work. Like there's too many variables. I, I I'm trying to I'm trying to talk about this without spoiling it, but like yeah. somebody no, no, gets, there were there were there yeah. were a couple of them that I think he could have made work. Madeline, at his own time. That is enough. Like the way he instituted the timing of things could have made them come, and at least within a minute or so of, of that mark. Well, not within three seconds, Aaron. <laughs> no, like, no, I understand. In the bathroom, he got a little lucky. He got a little lucky, you know? I mean, yeah, really it was... Lucky. Madeline, sorry, Madeline, go, go. You're getting your dad's um, on. I hear it. I know, the right? Was too, the plot was too good. I mean, I mean, the, what I mean is the villain plot was was too... Um, worked too well. Uh, yeah. It went off without a hitch until the third act, and um, it was it was hard for me to buy that. So I mean, like I I liked it up until I found out who it was because I didn't I didn't buy that that who it was could really could really pull it yeah. off. Um, Aaron, I was reminded by phone I was reminded of phone booth quite a bit in this movie, and um, which which is a suspense thriller I like a lot. Uh, it's it's a similar kind of thing in that it's about somebody in an tight in, in a tight enclosed space that they can't get out and yeah. they're being Given they're being given orders through a phone. There, it's an actual phone because it's a phone booth. Here, it's through text messages. Um, the difference is, I bought that that bad guy could do what he did. I didn't buy it here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The thing I always remember about phone booth, uh, which is Colin Farrell, right? Yes. Um, and Colin Farrell, I think yeah. I think he gives a great performance in that. Originally, Jim Carrey was cast in that role. Did you know that? Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. But I'm glad Colin Farrell. Um, that's a great. Yeah. Did you know that that movie um, got put off because of 9/11? It was supposed to come out like a week yep. after 9/11. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think overall, I think the enjoyment for me comes down to letting go a lot of that stuff. You can kind of let it go in these kind of movies and just, you know, enjoy the. I think the um, the mechanics of it. You know, I really enjoyed the mechanics of this movie. I, I enjoyed the way it kind of went from one progression to another. I thought it was very tightly edited and well done that way. I never felt bored. 
Um, I was always interested in who the next suspect was and why we were suspecting them and how they were going to get cleared and you know the who done it part I thought was really well yeah uh, well done. I also really enjoyed the text messaging stuff. I like how they presented that on screen. I thought that was done really well. There were some clever uses of broken screens and different things like that that I thought was really interesting and fun and um, yeah. So there was enough about it that I come away going, eh, you know, I can I can recommend that to somebody who's not looking for you know. Uh, a movie that you have to sink your brain into, you know? It's a really good popcorn thriller. I feel like I got my money's worth. I had a good time watching it. Um, I thought Julianne Moore was great. I actually liked I actually liked her character, cared about her. Uh, I really appreciated her backstory at the end. Thought thought all that worked really well. Um, I like these kind of movies, Aaron, where you'll get like, um, where, where you'll be in a, in a character's head and they have to meet people that they can only know so much about because they're only going to know them for, for a short period of time, but then they still feel like fully realized characters. I thought we actually kind of had that here. I was really surprised by that. Um, and like, what we learn about characters through the way they behave on an airplane. Uh, I thought I thought that some of that was actually somewhat sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. There were several characters that I that I really came away going. I think I know that person. Like they did a good job of you know the the Brooklyn cop or you know whatever the case may be. Like you know you just felt like yeah I got a sense for who they were and how it played into the story. And that's I think that's really cool. I liked Brooklyn cop. It was nice to see uh, the guy who played. So in a movie, uh, the, 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 he, he was in. He played Peter Rousseau in the first season of House of Cards, right. and um, I hadn't seen him in anything else. So it was kind of it was kind of fun to see him. Um, some, this is one of those movies where character actors are kind of fun. Where where you know you, you see people on an on on, a, on an airplane or wherever we happen to be, a train, whatever it is, and you go, Hey, I know that guy. I don't know well, that guy. I don't know that guy. That well, was and, then, and then the uh, the flight the the black flight attendant who we never really saw that much. That's Lapita. She just won an Oscar. That's, oh, is it? I yes. didn't even pick up on that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, the the uh, the, uh, air, the the pilot, um, the main pilot was the um, was uh, Bruce Wayne's dad. That begins. Was that the guy from Philomena? No, I don't know how to say that. But um, but he he was he was uh, Bruce Wayne's dad in Batman Begins, which is funny because Liam Neeson was the bad guy in that movie. That's and the, funny. And the main flight attendant, who we do get to know, is from Downton Abbey. And so I know her from that. So it is. It's kind of one of those movies where you just you pick people out and go, oh yeah, it's them. So, which happens more and more in this age. So. Also, the other thing that I sort of noticed, especially upon reflection of this film, was that um, there are several things that you do sort of have to go into suspended, uh, dis- is it suspended belief. Suspen- you- suspension of disbelief. That's that's it. Right, we'll um, take the writing class next week. It's cool. Go ahead. Thanks. Thank you guys for all of your. You give me so much leeway. I appreciate it. Um, I I don't know if this plane exists, but that's a fancy plane. <laughs> well, it's an international plane. I yeah, those international flights—they're pretty nice. Ha- yeah, I'm serious. I'm place that long. Small town yeah. all, but my planes—they've got like one bathroom. This one has like twelve, and but it was a huge plane. That was a massive plane. It's like. Okay, everybody, go to this part of the plane and leave this other part empty. It's like, how can you guys all fit on this part of the you, plane? You you want to get distracted by by the internet? Go ahead and do some image searching for fancy planes. People do some really cool stuff with the inside of planes. I need to figure out how to get wealthy, <laughs> and just take one of these flights and just experience it. Because like they have these really cool seats, right, where you're sort of sitting next to somebody, but you're also sort of askew from them. I liked that. So I also thought that was uh, a good and 
interesting thing for them because you are contained in one space. So there's really only so many places that the camera can take you when you're on a plane the entire time. So I thought that they did a really good job of not only keeping your attention uh, from the people and the personalities, and upon reflection, they all acted very well. Um, I yeah, was, especially Julianne Moore. I think I know she did really great, but I think it's well worth mentioning again that she is she really was, good in this. She really was. She really was. I I thought she did a fantastic job. Everybody was the right element of. Are they the bad guy? Are they the good guy? Like they just, there's just that line that is, they're always on that border. Even our main, you know, even Liam himself. It's just you don't know the whole time what's going on. So you've got these different characters and these different people and then these different places of the plane that you're going around to. So I would definitely recommend this movie for sure. Minor spoiler alert, uh, the bad guy is not the little girl, and I wanted it to be the little girl. <laughs> Wouldn't and, that have been and you awesome? want her, her her teddy bear to have a bomb in it? Yes. So when yeah. he brings brings her her teddy bear, he's all, you know unwittingly setting. I want her teddy bear to have heat vision. What are you talking about, man? Like Ooh. one more thing, and then we'll move on. I just have to say, I I really do think if the if the movie falls apart, it's in the last act, uh, both yeah. for the resolution and for how over the top it gets, and it doesn't need to. There are some things that happen in the last act. That just weren't necessary. It just didn't need to go there. And I don't want to give anything away necessarily, but there are maybe two, maybe three moments that I'm like, why did you have to be that crazy here? You know, it was working on other levels. It didn't need to be this way. Yeah. So definitely at least that's how I felt. That. Yeah, I was that way too. So I wanted to say this real quick too, Aaron. I'm glad I finally got an, a, 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 a film from this director that I liked because the last thing I saw from this director was Orphan, and I like gagged on a spoon watching that thing. So I was really glad. Why I got did you something. have a spoon in your throat? That's weird. Yeah, you don't, don't have to well, put the spoon all the way back. It's just yeah, you can just, just yeah, set it right, right on your teeth. It doesn't have to go all the way back in your throat. So are you saying that, that, that back when I saw that horrible film, Whiteout, I didn't also have to jump onto a bicycle with the seat missing? I didn't have to do that either? <laughs> no. Mm -mm. No, you oh. just don't, you don't have to do those things. Okay, guys. Okay, so I, I know I that you know I have problems, right? Like, I have issues. But you said yeah. Whiteout, and that's one of the maps on Call of Duty, and immediately I'm like, yeah, it's time to go play some Call of Duty. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Sorry. Well, just don't watch that movie. It's really it's really bad. Anyway, uh, anyway well, at least I thought it was really bad. Anyway. Okay, I'm done. All right. We'll, Me too, we'll I'm done. To the cute We'll get to some questions and answers here, uh, but overall, it sounds like we all enjoyed it more than we expected to. Yes. Yeah. Um, I also, uh, Aaron, you yeah. see a lot of movies. So that's because you're a critic. Mm -hmm. um, you ranked this movie. What ranking did you give it? Uh, I ended up giving it a B. So this surprised me uh, because I thought it was like a C. Well, mm -hmm. what would you give it, Captain? Uh, about a. Um, well, I don't, I don't, I don't usually uh, grade on that scale. So, I, sorry, my my brain was okay. like, wait a minute, what, okay. what do I do? I don't usually grade on that scale. Um, yeah, probably a B minus. Uh, if I was grading on a my scale, which is a zero to four scale, it'd be like probably a two point five, maybe a three, probably a two, probably probably two and a half. There yeah. So okay, I just wanted to kind of figure out where we all were. Well, uh, it was interesting because um, I remember after you saw the movie Danae, I don't even think you would have given it a C. I remember your eyes were rolled so far back in your head. Okay, but it's interesting my, my how movies first, grow on you. My first statement. Did you see it together? We happened, yes, we went to the same uh, showing, right? Okay. Oh, okay. We're sitting in, like, beside each other, right? And I don't even know what nonstop is. I have no idea what's happening, right? The movie starts. And, Aaron, do you remember what I said? You, I think you looked at me and said, Did you really make me see this one? <laughs> 
Because <laughs> I was like, oh no, it's another Liam Neeson movie. And the only reason that that's funny is that my husband is a Liam Neeson fan. Anything that Liam Neeson does, it's gold. It is gold. Because he loves his character. He loves that kind of gruff voice, like, action pack. Oh, guys, we should mention, too, the action on this movie. What did you think of the fight sequences? Just really fast. I'm really curious. What did you think of those? Uh, I don't know that they were front and center for me, but I didn't remember being distracted by them at all. Um, I thought they were really good. I thought the action in general was really good. I thought the effects were really good, too. Yeah, okay. I was just curious. Sorry, go on. Okay. I think somebody should recreate this whole movie in Lego. Yes! (laughs) But I'm going to say that about every movie that I see now. Just like everything. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um... Okay, wow. There are, so, again, so many great questions. Uh, we'll kind of look our way through them. If you guys want me to pick one, uh, go ahead and just say it out loud, and I'll, I'll select it. Um, so I, I wanted to, uh, to touch on, I think I'm going to say Poenom. Poeno? I wish I could pronounce your name. I really do. We can say uh, Poeno if you us... want. That's what it looks like. Po- <laughs> I'm going to say Poeno. I am so sorry. I mean, so it's Cyrillic, right? Isn't that what that, that you should. Is? You should... Try to yeah. tell us exactly how to pronounce your name because we we love your comments. But uh, wait, where did it go? I'm going with Bob until we finally know. Bob. <laughs> I don't know where the question went. Did did you just take it, Aaron Dicer? No, I didn't. Well, that's no, curious. Okay. How well, dare you, Aaron Dicer? I, I didn't oh, take anything. Oh, like... here it is. Here it is. Um, should the new term be Liam Nisaing? And I thought yes, that would be a fantastic. Thing. Like, if anybody ever goes deep into a gruff voice and uh, immediately starts to kick some serious batonka tonk on behalf of any children, it should be called Liam Neesoning. That's so my like, opinion. So when I needed to get my kids to quiet down, Liam I needed, I needed should I Liam them or Neeson them? You or do I have be. to say the whole name? Oh, that's a good question. Captain? Yeah, because there's all those other Liams that you know, and then there's all those other Neesons that you know. So you have to put them together. Yeah. Liam Neeson. Right. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, let's see. I like this question from Kim Koo. Uh, says, did anyone's speech get cut off by the music this year? And this is Ooh. a great question because the answer is just barely. There was one speech this year where they played one note. One note. That was it. That was it. And I love it. I love the fact that, you know, everybody respected the time. And, I and it was still a bajillion hours long. Yeah. Well, but and I think they gave them a little more grace this year, which I like, especially if they're giving good speeches, you know? So, I you know, once you that... start thinking like the publicist and those kind of people, I think, you know, go ahead and play them off. But if they're giving a heartfelt speech, yeah. I say go for it. I think it, it sounded like a couple of us. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Captain. No, I just said, if they're filibustering, then you should play them off. Yeah. Uh, it sounded like they also have, like, seconds up that they're playing now, like a countdown type of a thing, because there was a reference to it, I think, at one point, maybe a couple points, so they can see how much time they have. I wonder if they give the more popular awards longer time than they do the lesser-known awards. Um, because it seemed like the people who won the more major awards had a lot more time to talk and to kind of express themselves. Um, and the person that had that one note ring out, they really hadn't been talking for too long. But it was a person who was winning, you know, an award that maybe people aren't, the general audience wouldn't be as interested in. So I wonder, I wonder about that. Very nice. All right. Thank uh, you. How about this one? 
Uh, this one's from Poeno. Says, or Bob. We'll just go with Bob. I like that. Uh, okay, I think I've come up with the song. Here it is. I don't know the tune, so I'll just say the words. The critic, he's so critical and has an objective opinion. The geek, <laughs> he's very geeky and has a bat cave basement. And the girl, she's just too cute and has a doggy. <laughs> Put that one to, to music. Yeah. Yeah, All right. Our theme, our theme is written by a nine-year-old. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Thank you, I'm sorry Bob. if I sound like I'm making fun of you. This is what it sounds like, and I like it. And maybe I like it. That's, so, that's what we're going with, Bob Poe and I. Hey, we're, we're, open to, we're open to theme songs. If you want to create a theme song and send it our way, we'll play it. I promise. Yep. Yep. Message Aaron. It'll get uh, to he's us. Like a glutton. He's a glutton for punishment. I am. I am. Gonna, you know what's going to happen, Aaron? You're going you're gonna to start playing one. You won't even know what it is, and it's just going to be like Batman singing from the Lego movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm guessing I will probably preview. Here's um, one. Uh, do you guys have a favorite Oscar host or favorite year? People have talked about Kevin Spacey possibly doing it next year. That's yeah, from that Steve. Would, I hope that happens. Good Lord, that would be great. I think it would probably be a little bit more stoic if he did it. Did you but find that question, Aaron? Although maybe that's not fair because he, he, he can't be funny. He does have a sense of humor. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that would be a great choice. Oh, Kevin Spacey would rock the host job. I really think he would. He just seems like the kind of guy who could be comfortable in each situation. I, I will say it is a much harder job than you would think, I'm sure. Hosting oh, yeah. is very difficult, especially an award show like that. And uh, you're just you're expected to be on the entire time, and um, and I you know, but I think Kevin Spacey would be great. You know, um, Kevin Spacey was on stage during the Oscars. He uh, presented some I can't remember what it was, but he presented yeah. something at some point, and he had a very relaxed energy that I thought was really great. So I would enjoy Kevin Spacey as well. Yeah. Even even if he did the whole thing as Frank Underwood from House of Cards, you know that's that's what that's what he should do. Yeah, he should just turn that accent on, and uh, well, I mean, like you know, he play he plays a politician that has to constantly make speeches, and he's great at it. So surely he could do that. Like, yeah, did yeah you I'm see surprised by how much of like what Frank Underwood sounds like is in his just normal voice, like minus the the the, the twang. Yeah, just a little bit of the draw. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He did a thing. If if you can find it on YouTube, he did a um, thing. I think maybe it was at the um, uh, the Emmys where they came back from a break and he turned and faced Cameron, did a whole Frank uh, Underwood monologue about the hosts and uh, how he was setting them all up so that he could host next year and something like that. So yeah, it, it's really funny and really well done. So you should YouTube that. I think I'm sure it's on there somewhere. Wait, wait. When when did that when did that happen? It was. I, I'm not sure. I just saw it, so I'm not sure of the reference. But it was at an award show. I think it was the Emmys, either this year or last. I mean, it had to be either this year or last year because House of Cards has only been out a couple of years. I must find that. Yeah. I know, must it's, search it's really, Google. Really well, I must uh, Google. any other of the questions strike you guys as fancy? Um, I like all the questions. Um. <laughs> Steve said, it upsets me that no one from uh, the team who worked on Gravity thinks Newton. Me too. Yeah. That's yeah. That really bothered me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. They really should. Um, that apple was very important. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, we will uh, do this again. I do want to say... <laughs> I do want to say... I just got it! <laughs> <laughs> Good. Glad you're with us. Um, so, here's, here's the thing. Uh, cameo? 
We're getting you back there. Yeah, unfortunately. Get my dad voice on again. Um, so we're gonna do we're gonna do an episode five point five, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, yes so, we are. And what we'd like to do is to that Christian. Yes, you're on, and you shouldn't be. Go away. Um, <laughs> so is that the dad voice? Did I Liam Neeson that all right? That was Lisa Liam Neeson. I said right. Leasing. Oh, it's terrible. Right. Leasing. I think you went up instead of down. So that's it's, bad. Man, Leasing needs to go down. It's well, Lisa. Let me practice a little bit. The craggle. The craggle. The All right. So, um, so anyways, we're gonna do episode 5.5, and hopefully do this next week, and we're gonna do it on Cap's channel at Geek Pollution. So, uh, we'll do an episode of the Critic, the Geek, and the Girl, episode five and a half, and uh, we'll let you know more about that here soon. We'll get that scheduled, and and hopefully uh, be doing that here next week. Other than that, we'll still be doing this every couple weeks. And if you have any ideas for things you want, you know, any kind of topics or uh, ideas for fun stuff we could do. We're open to anything. It's a pretty free concept, you know, just the three of us getting together to talk about pop culture. So um, lots of things can happen in that space. Uh, and other than that, we appreciate you hanging out live or watching it after the fact. Uh, we're just glad you're giving us some time from your day, and maybe next time we'll try to keep better control of our dogs and children. Cap, you did great. Nobody yeah, good job, Cap. Well done. You, you win anything, this time. Don't anything, no, no typing or anything. What an imaginary friend! <laughs> so for the for the geek and the girl, this is the critic, uh, and we thank you for watching. We'll catch you in about a week. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset—hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time! So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.